Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we talk about the Hawks' 115-129 to loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. Despite monster games from both John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, the Hawks were unable to go into Milwaukee and get a win. We'll also look at the Hawks opening up State Farm Arena for fans and the schedule going forward this week. Without further ado, let's get into it. Trey Young and Clint Capello were late scratches for the Hawks going into Milwaukee, and two players the Hawks really needed if they were going to go into Milwaukee and get a win. Rajon Rondo and Onyeka Okongwu stepped into the starting lineup for the Hawks, and it was a really rough first quarter that set the tone for this game. The Hawks shot the ball extremely poorly, and the Bucks shot the ball really well, and that was kind of the big difference in the quarter. Um, the Bucks shot the ball 62% from the field, 50% from three. They hit four of eight threes in that first quarter. They did have six turnovers, and they were getting it from the two main guys you'd expect. Giannis had eight of those points, and Chris Middleton had five. But Bobby Portis came in, and Bobby Portis had eight points. And Portis ended up having a very strong game on the whole. He scored 21 points and was just a big difference maker for the Bucks. Really, any time the Hawks made a little bit of a run, the Hawks really didn't have any answer for Portis on the other side of the ball. So getting him going early was pretty rough, and the Hawks ended that first quarter being down 17. Um, the Hawks only scored 15 points in the first quarter, and it just was pretty clear that the lineup that the Hawks trotted out there with Rondo and Okongwu just didn't work. Okongwu had a rude... A welcome to his first NBA start. Giannis went right at him. The rookie was matched up with the reigning MVP, and Giannis just dunked it on Okongwu. I'll give Okongwu credit. He um, came back in the next possession, took a charge from Giannis, but uh, it's a pretty rough matchup throwing your rookie who's only played a couple games out there to guard the reigning MVP. Um the Hawks shot extremely poorly, like I said, in that first quarter. They shot 27% from the field, 14% from three. They got up 14 attempts in the first quarter, 14 three-pointer attempts, and only hit two. But they did only have two turnovers. And the Hawks would ultimately shoot 51% from the field and 36% from three. So they did way better after that first quarter. It kind of shows the Hawks were able to make this a game. And there was a couple of chances the Hawks not only made it a game, they got it down to single digits and it looked like the Hawks would have an opportunity to get a win in Milwaukee without two of their top five players. But just a really rough first quarter, and the Hawks scoring 15 points in that first quarter. The Hawks scored over 30 points in the rest of the the next three quarters. They scored 32 in the second, 36 in the third, and 32 in the fourth quarter. So after that first quarter, the Hawks really figured some stuff out on offense, and the two players who really got going for the Hawks were John Collins and DeAndre Hunter. Uh, those two players had mo- wonderful, excellent games for the Hawks. Um, DeAndre Hunter really picked up a lot of the offensive slack with Capella and Trey Young not being there. DeAndre ended the game. He played 42 minutes. He was 13 of 21 from the field, hit two of five three pointers, got to the free throw line six times and made five of those for a career high 33 points. Um, he had four rebounds, four assists, and a steal. He should have had one more three pointer. At the end of the uh, third quarter, Dre drained a three from half court, and for whatever reason, the refs went back, and it was such a close call. Like, literally, it's one frame. 
the ball's in his hands and the light is not going off on the backboard. And then the next frame, the ball's out of his hands and the red is going off on the backboard. And somehow they overturned the call of giving him those points. And so he should have ended the game with 36 points. And the Hawks would have only been down 12 and going into the fourth quarter. But Dre was just everywhere. And, of course, he got matched up for against Giannis at a couple times this game. He got matched up against Chris Middleton. Um, but his ability to play both sides of the ball and then really pick it up offensively is amazing. Um, he DeAndre is so strong. He had a really nice move where he got into the paint. Um, and use some really wonderful footwork to get around Brooke Lopez and get a shot in the paint. And um, DeAndre's really playing just so confidently. Um, a big indicator of that for me is just his, you know, expressions of joy during the game. Last year, he didn't didn't react to a lot on the court. And this year, he's trying to get foul calls. He's, you know, very demonstrative to the officials, if he doesn't believe he's gotten a call and he's going in and he's really trying to score and his three point shot is right there too. He's very comfortable taking that shot off the dribble or catching and catch and shoot opportunities. Um, kind of two big moments for the Hawks. Both uh, had DeAndre Hunter in them. One of them was that three pointer at the end of the quarter. And then the Hawks had uh, DeAndre Hunter committed a flagrant foul on Bryn Forbes where he hit Forbes in the face when Forbes was shooting a three-point shot and so that was three shots and the ball and that ended up being a five-point possession for the um for the Bucks. so those two plays ended up being plus eight for the Bucks. and while the final score or final difference in the game was 14 points this was a much closer game for a lot of it the Hawks were down by as much as 24 points this game and they brought it like I said all the way down to eight points a couple times but were never able to get over the hump John Collins had a great game. He was 12 of 19 from the field, 6 of 9 from three-point land. Again, John should be taking at least four threes every game, and to see him just really catch fire from three was awesome. He had seven rebounds. One of them was offensive, three assists. Um, And the strange thing with John Collins' game is he does not get any respect from the officials he uh, got zero free throw attempts and there are multiple times when John goes up there kind of really trying to get free throw attempts um, and it's frustrating because as a big man he's down there a lot and a lot of fouls get called on him on the other side of the ball and that he is not able to get that same respect on the offensive side of the ball where that would push him just you know four or six points every game is, is really frustrating but he ended the game with 30 points um, and towards the end uh, Vince Carter said, you know, the Hawks really just need to ride John Collins and DeAndre Hunter and see how far those two young players can get them. Danilo Gallinari had a good game. He's played really well since coming back. He had nine, played 19 minutes, which I think was a little bit more than the Hawks wanted him to play. But he was 4 of 8 from the field, 3 of 9 from three-point land, hit all six of his free throws, three rebounds and two assists. He actually started the second half in place of Aneko Okongwu. And that sparked an 18-8 to run for the Hawks that really got him into the game and made it a 10-point game for really the rest of the way. Rondo was all right. He played 30 minutes as a starter, was 3 of 6 from the field, had 7 assists. And then Okongwu only played 16 minutes, was 2 of 2 from the field, but missed his two free throws. Four rebounds, two, or excuse me, four points, two rebounds. Um, He had three blocks. And... For a rookie, it was a really tough start for him. He had uh, just 
to go against the reigning MVP is a brutal task for anyone, especially a rookie that hasn't had any sort of summer league um, camp or played a lot this season. Um, and it was definitely a welcome to the NBA moment. But Congo already is very active on the defense, defensive side of the ball. And for him to come back and get a charge right after getting dunked on in that first possession says a lot about Okongwu. Uh I'm excited for him to keep ramping up his minutes to see how well Clint Capella and now Danilo have done as they're slowly getting their minutes back. I'm really encouraged to see how the rookie does as he gets more minutes. I think that change in the lineup, getting Danilo to start with Rondo. Um, I think last game Lloyd Pierce said that Rondo is more comfortable with you know, Danilo being out there in, in that second unit, and it was very clear to start the second half that that was true. Um, I think Okongwu will find his way with second units, and it'll be really exciting to watch him continue to grow as a player. For the Bucks, I mean, it starts always with Giannis Antetokounmpo. The reigning MVP was 9 of 13 from the field, didn't make any threes, was 9 of 15 from the free throw line for 27 points. He had 14 rebounds and 8 assists. He had a couple of really nice assists for a 7-footer. I don't know if he's quite 7 feet, but he had one no-look pass right to the baseline for an easy score and he just has everything going for him he can take one step from the free throw line for a dunk and his euro step is just it's it's wild to see him do that and get all the way to the basket for a dunk chris middleton had an all right game 19 points eight rebounds and seven assists like i said bobby portis was just a big thorn in the hawks side he ended the game with 21 points had six rebounds and the hawks just didn't have any answer for him defensively uh portis is a tough shot maker and is willing to take he's taking really you know a lot of threes which is what coach bud wants the bucks to be doing but he also can take kind of mid-range shots and if if whoever's defending him doesn't have their hand up right in his face portis is pulling it and for him to get as comfortable as he did in that first quarter really allowed bobby portis to get going finally pat connington pat connington i wanted to talk about him that's Bucks were a team high plus 16 when he was on the court and he didn't score. He only had two points, um, but he was just everywhere, you know, getting a lot of rebounds. The rebounding was a big uh, win for the Bucks. In fact, the Hawks got out rebounded 52 to 27. The Bucks had 16 offensive rebounds. Um, that was reflected in second chance points where the Bucks beat the Hawks. 20 to 2. That was reflected in points in the paint where the Bucks beat the Hawks 60 to 30. Um, the Hawks just really got dominated in the paint. Um, and that's obviously when you don't have Clint Capella, who's been having games with 15, 17, 20 rebounds. Um, it's hard for the Hawks to really compete against a big team like the Bucks. But Pat Connington was everywhere and really good on defense and just moving the ball along on the offensive side. And so for a player who didn't put a lot of points in on the court, but to have the team high plus 16 just when he's out there, I thought he deserved to be mentioned. Um, getting back to some team stats, you know, after that horrid first quarter, the Hawks were able to to get their percentage up to a respectable manner. And in fact, that three-point percentage, the Hawks were 14 of 39 on the night. Um, the Hawks got to the free throw line a good amount, 22 free throw attempts. Um, but the rebounding really doomed them, and the, that just allowed a lot of second chance and points in the paint, easier points for the Bucks. Um, 
to go in without your top two players into Milwaukee and try to get a win is tough. And I, I was really pleased with the effort that the Hawks gave, especially, you know, not giving up. After that just miserable first quarter, the Hawks certainly could have packed it in. But as we've seen from this team, they don't do that. They're, they fight and they really try to get back into the game. And also to see John Collins and DeAndre Hunter pick up the slack for those two stars who were missing was super encouraging. So hopefully this will give Hunter just more confidence. I don't know that he needs any more confidence. He's been playing excellent this entire season, I think. Um, and John Collins to really get going. John's kind of been on and off, and it'll be interesting to see when Capella comes back how uh, John – I hope John doesn't just abandon the paint and settle for three-pointers or anything like that, but continues to to work on his chemistry with the big man. But those two players continue to play well. The Hawks bench played well. They scored 33 points. Um, so hopefully going forward, the Hawks will be able to take some positives from this game that they ultimately lost by over 10 points. Um, going forward, the Hawks are have a couple games in Atlanta, and that's notable because the Hawks are letting a few fans come to games. So far, it's only been friends and family, and the Hawks are opening up the stadium for about 8% capacity. Um, Sarah Spencer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution wrote an excellent article about what the Hawks are doing to allow them to open up the arena. Uh, she talks about the six protocols um, or the safety six protocols that the Hawks are putting into um, effect to get this going. They're limiting the capacity and everybody has to physically distance. There's mandatory face coverings for everyone who comes into the arena. There's contactless entry, screening, and transactions. There's touchless hand sanitizers and touchless restroom fixtures. There's a robust cleaning and disinfecting procedures. And the food and drink practices are following safe procedures as well. The NBA is letting each team sort of uh, decide how to start opening up their arenas. Uh, Obviously, the teams have to follow the local guidelines, and the NBA is requiring that a third party like verifies that the teams are adhering to safe practices. Um, Sarah describes in the article that the Hawks are, have talked to both share care, which is one of their sponsors and Emory about best practices and how to do this safely. That 8% capacity is about 1300 fans. And for at the beginning of this, it's all going to be season ticket holders. So it'll be nice to see at least some fans in the stadium. Now when the Hawks have home games, um, and it'll be interesting to see th- this going forward, how they open up the arena and does this continue? Do they get larger and larger crowds or do they keep it around 10%, 8% going forward? Finally, um, the Hawks have kind of a brutal schedule this week. They have Monday off and then they play the Clippers on Tuesday at State Farm Arena and then they play the, they welcome the Nets to State Farm Arena on Wednesday. So that's a back-to-back. They get a little bit of a break when they go to Washington to play the Wizards on Friday, and then they get the weekend off. So the Hawks are back at 500. They're 8-8, eight and eight, and this week is brutal. I would expect them to go into Washington and get a win, but hopefully they're able to get one of these games against either the Wizard, uh, against the Clippers or against the Nets. Of course, this will be the Hawks' first time seeing the Clippers, the only time the Clippers are coming to Atlanta. And then this will be the first time the Hawks have seen the new-look Nets since James Harden has joined the Nets. But really hard-fought game against the Bucks, one that the Hawks were in 
at the end of the game and really fought back to get into the game. We got to work on these slow starts, but it was really encouraging to see the young guys really fight and get strong performances from DeAndre Hunter and John Collins. And hopefully they'll be able to play well and get a couple wins this week. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And if you could relieve a rating or a review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that'd be a huge help to me. Go Hawks.